0: and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 on vision
1: well let's get an update what might be on the national political agenda this week dan flynn the victorian state director of the australian christian lobby joining us hello dan welcome back to 2020 that's my pleasure neil uh, a number of things to talk about dan let's start with something quite uh, interesting and controversial Uh, The idea of Andrew Denton, who's a well-known media personality and an advocate for euthanasia, uh, having been overseas and uh, supposedly done some significant research into euthanasia, but something controversial over the weekend where he booked a Catholic church as a venue to hold a euthanasia forum. It sounds like uh, something quite controversial. What was the upshot of that?
0: It was controversial. It was booked by the local Labor MP, Martin Foley, who's an advocate for euthanasia. He booked a Catholic uh, parish church in his electorate, um, and uh, it wasn't uh, made clear to the church what it was for, but it turned out that uh, he was hosting Andrew Denton to give a forum uh, in that Catholic church. Now, in response, all the Catholic church sought was to give equal billing to somebody who had equal status, perhaps a palliative care doctor, to share equal time with Andrew. Um, That uh, very fair offer uh, was rebuffed by the MP who um, pulled the booking um, and not willing to give equal airtime, resulting in headlines on Saturday night, um, church blocked state MP from holding assisted dying community forum. Um, And uh, the age reporting that the Catholic Church has blocked and Andrew's government minister from holding a community forum. So um, this shows you something of the, uh, the, the controversy down here in Victoria. Neil, uh, the Catholic Church does not support euthanasia, um, and uh, uh, Andrew Denton uh, and those advocating for euthanasia will spin this as some sort of... Um, with, with an anti-Christian sentiment. And that's what we're
1: seeing down here. It looks deliberate, doesn't it? It looks as though the MP was deliberately trying to uh, draw a, uh, drive a wedge there and, uh, and to put the Catholic Church into a compromising situation uh, whereby uh, his own agenda could be reflected in what looks like a positive light compared to the Church. Is that the way it looks to you? Look, precisely,
0: and uh, the this MP would be very aware that the, uh, there's a lot of resistance from the Catholic community and uh, to host Andrew Denton out of a Catholic church uh, would be an opportunity or seem to be an opportunity to uh, diffuse and to confuse Catholics and Christians on this issue and uh, to somehow paint Catholics as being in support or in large part support of euthanasia uh, and um, I'm very pleased that the Catholic Church did ask for equal billing. Disappointed, though, uh, with how the age has reported that.
1: Okay, last week when we were doing an update, Dan, we were talking about the Queen's Birthday Awards and uh, there was some reflection, as I recall, on uh, not too many pro-Christian, pro-life advocates who were actually recognised in the Queen's Birthday Awards list but you've come up with one who was recognised. What's this man's name?
0: Uh, this man is Daniel Giles. Uh, he is a 27-year-old uh, autistic young man uh, who is a great advocate for the disabled. Uh, he um, His verbal skills are not strong. He's, he's quite high on the autism spectrum, but is a brilliantly intelligent advocate uh, for the rights of the disabled. Um, he is particularly pro-life and in his speech to the local media in Bendigo uh, said that the disabled, like him, suffer great exclusion at the start and the end of life. And that was uh, a, a very clear uh, pointer to his pro-life uh, anti-abortion advocacy. So, um, Neil, uh, we were lamenting last time that um, pro-life people uh, don't seem to get these awards Um fantastic to see young Daniel Giles uh, get the Order of Australia medal
1: Yes, a special congratulations to Daniel Giles Another interesting issue, and one that I'm sure hasn't reflected the importance in the mainstream media that it ought to have, and that is uh, the Anzac Memorial in Turkey there at Anzac Cove, and historians are outraged by revelations that the war memorials there in Turkey are being uh, what they call uh, you know overhauled or modernized, uh, but we're seeing that as being destroyed. What are your thoughts, Dan? Look, they
0: are being destroyed. Uh, They're talking about restoration work. Um, There is a a beautiful tribute uh, by uh, Ataturk uh, to fallen Allied soldiers uh, uh, at Gallipoli, um, and that uh, beautiful uh, sculpture with beautiful words on it has been completely destroyed. It's called Restoration, Neil, but the words uh, on that uh, uh, said this. Those heroes that shed their blood and lost their lives, you're now lying in the soil of a friendly country. Therefore, rest in peace. Uh, and that was a beautiful uh, sentiment to fallen soldiers on both sides. Um, the fact that that has been uh, destroyed uh, by um, a sort of a chisel, effectively, so all those words are removed, uh, is, is chilly uh, and definitely a threat to the Anzac uh, spirit uh, and... Um, uh, something that the Australian government needs to be looking at pretty hastily.
1: Well, as we know, Atatürk was a great champion of really what was a secular society that came out of uh, uh, the demise of the Ottoman Empire and uh, and changed the way that Turkey Uh, presented itself to the world as a uh, secular country. But with the uh, rise of uh, Islamization in Turkey and, of course, uh, President Erdogan, this may be a sign of things to come that uh, might not be such uh, warm relations between the two nations, Australia and Turkey.
0: It's a a bit concerning development uh, if these hardline radicals um, uh, have their sway. Uh, And, uh, yes, we've we've enjoyed a very uh, good relationship with such a good time and, um, you know, those who gave their lives there and those, uh, you you know, whose families are still affected by this um, must be deeply troubled, Neil.
1: Yes, well, uh, when we hear those words about uh, our diggers uh, falling in a friendly country, we wouldn't want that to change at all, but uh, that appears to be what is happening. We'll be monitoring that along, of course, to see uh, what new developments might come from that. Another disturbing issue out of Canada, uh, for your reflection, Dan, uh, the consequences of same-sex marriage there. They've had same-sex marriage in Canada for over 10 years, uh, but a disturbing development that threatens to take children from parents who don't agree with them changing their gender Uh, so uh, parents who don't agree with children changing gender considered to be abusive what are your thoughts about uh, that development in the whole same-sex marriage argument
0: well i I think it reveals that uh, those who say there are no consequences to same-sex same-sex marriage are wrong uh, that there are significant consequences and here is one so this law, which was passed last year, sorry last month, in May in Ontario, by a vote of 63 to 23, makes it clear that if parents don't embrace the new gender of their child, uh, that that child uh, can be removed from the parents because the parents are engaged in child abuse. Um, now that is chilling. We will definitely see that in Australia if same-sex marriage passes. Uh, all the more reason why we should continue to um, resist same sex marriage in every way we can.
1: And of course, uh, as I've heard before on this program, with uh, various insights that come into uh, the discussion about same sex marriage and in nations where it already is legalized, it's the school teachers that actually become the police uh, in this circumstance. And uh, school teachers on the lookout for those children that uh, aren't according to the uh, political. Uh, correct agenda of uh, same-sex marriage, that they're singled out in schools. Uh, That would be something to be on the lookout for, uh, wouldn't it, in in the years to come?
0: Very much so, Neil. And teachers are under phenomenal pressure on this front uh, with notions of mandatory reporting. And so if a teacher doesn't report on something like this, the teacher can be in the firing line. Uh, So teachers are very sensitive to their mandatory reporting requirement. Uh, So Uh, uh, this could create great concern and the founder of that particular bill in Canada uh, stated that it is a form of child abuse when a child identifies one way and the caregiver or parent is saying no. Um, Now, you know, clearly a child identifying as a different gender is going to be a parent in a classroom. That gives rise to mandatory reporting obligations on a teacher. Uh, The failure to mandatory report uh, can result in disciplinary action on the teacher. So, Um, concerning developments Neil I'm glad you brought it up
1: and of course all the more reason why uh, every Aussie ought to have a say about issues to do with changing the marriage definition because uh, the plebiscite which is not on the agenda at the moment uh, no doubt with another federal election that might be looming sometime into the near future that uh, that somehow or other that might come back onto the agenda any thoughts about the possibility of that Dan?
0: Look, it's it's clearly the Australian Christian Lobby's position that the Liberal Party needs to retain the policy that plebiscite uh, is the way in which the issue of same-sex marriage will be resolved and should take that policy to the next election. Uh, So that is our encouragement. If a plebiscite is not held in this term, which it it may not be, uh, then they must take that policy to the next term. I think some 34,000 Australians have currently signed an ACL petition calling on a plebiscite to be held now. Um, we still consider, Neil, that, um, you know, mum and dad, uh, young people uh, in the privacy of their polling booth um, uh, should be given the opportunity to express their view about the most fundamental social institution that we have.
1: And when it comes to that particular petition, and you say there's about 34,000 people who have signed it so far, uh, what's the ideal sort of number that, that might uh, get special attention for this issue? Is that uh, there just needs to be mass people saying, uh, we're demanding to have a plebiscite. Is that what you're saying? Is How many people would be ideal to have signed that, permission, that, that petition?
0: Look, I would have thought 50,000 people would be seen as an overwhelming number. Uh, given that this has uh, all been generated in the last five or six weeks, uh, if, if that hits 50,000, uh, then I think the uh, coalition party room needs to uh, discuss this and uh, really see if they can re-pitch uh, the plebiscite legislation to passed the lower house, had difficulties in the Senate. Uh, if further discussions can be held with the crossbench, um, then uh, they ought to be able to find a pathway forward for this given that they are are representing the will of the people and affecting their own election promise for a plebiscite.
1: Well, we'll monitor that one along too, Dan, and uh, I imagine that there'll be a link on the Australian Christian Lobby website for people to find that petition that they could sign. So the uh, acl.org.au, and there'll be a link there to that petition uh, to to sign it. 34,000 already have. Uh, the need for a whole lot more signatures on there. So encouragement to go to the Australian Christian Lobby website. Dan Flynn, the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, great getting your insights once again. Thanks so much for taking some time to share those with us today on 2020.
0: Thank you very much, Neil. Appreciate your time.
1: Before you go, thanks for listening.
0: There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.